Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. So according to some analysts I was reading, the office market is one in one of the best positions globally our office market here in Singapore. So what can we expect to see from the Singapore office REIT space? Also gold prices down for the third straight week last week. This on the back of positive vaccine news. You may have seen that headline and you're thinking, what's the link between gold and the vaccine? We're going to find out. Also, Maybank Kim Eng has recommended that when it comes to stocks of Singapore's banking trio, investors should take profit. Why is that? Also, Singapore Airlines shares have been making steady gains. Um, Are airlines and hotel stocks tradable or investable? at this point in time. We're going to put these questions to Alfred Chia, CEO at Sing Capital. Good morning, Alfred. Are you working from home or are you back in the office? I'm back in the office. Good morning, Michelle. You are back in the office. Okay, because that leads to our first question. Uh, the Singapore office market, some say, is in one of the best positions globally because, you know, our living spaces here are so small and they're short commute times. So people heading back to the office in the future when the vaccine has been distributed makes sense. Also, supply is tight. And we've seen so many tech companies look to Singapore for office space, right? Google moved here in 2016. Facebook moved to Marina One in 2018. Amazon is here, uh, launched their Singapore site, the first in Southeast Asia back in 2019. Um, so what do you think, uh, Alfred, when it comes to the office REIT space? We know they're not all equal. There's grade A office space and then the rest. Uh, what is your outlook for the Singapore REIT sector, the office REIT sector in a post-pandemic world? Well, I think for the grade A office space, uh, the outlook is actually positive. I mean, of course, drawing from previous crises, Right, Asian financial, SARS, GFC, right, office demands really tracks GDP. So over here, the GPA office space will always still be in very good demand, right? Adding on that what you mentioned, for example, Alibaba actually is uh, taking over Aksa Tower. So they're going to do a redevelopment of that. And then you also have a short uh, tower that actually going through developments. So I mean, these are also signs that uh, office building owners are also seeing how else they can actually uh, redevelop and reinvent the space. Mm. Um, so in terms of good buys, what would you be looking for? What are some things our listeners can be looking out for? Um, I mean, of course, right? Uh, it's just that the outlook is positive, but whether is it the right time to get in? This is where the investors will have to see it through. Because if you look at the REIT space, mm. right, to really focus on office REITs itself, mm. uh, there isn't many. Many of them is a combination of uh, shopping mall space or, for example, like uh, Suntech, they even have the mice, yeah. uh, which is actually very much affected by this COVID situation. So it would take some time for them to recover. Yeah, that's true, right? I mean, that's Capital Land Commercial Trust. Uh, Keppel REIT, Suntech REIT, OUE Commercial Trust. So you're saying timing is important. When is the right time to jump back in? Yes, and of course, whether is it the right value? Right? Generally, I would say many of them are uh, quite fair value. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the, the if you track the IHS REIT Index, mm-hmm. which is regarded as Singapore S REIT benchmark, um, I mean, from the peak uh, in February this year, right, 
uh, it went down as much as about 38%. Uh, but now, overall, year-to-date, is down about 13%. So, I mean, it's still uh, uh, underwater. Yeah. But I think this is where investors can find where are the opportunities. Yes. I think... Mm, Exactly. No, so I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. You're going to elaborate. Oh, yeah. Then, of course, um, there are some things that, oh, people will actually work from home from this onwards. But I think, you know, we still need the networking. And, of course, when you say working, it's a lot about uh, teamwork. So I, I think uh, work from home, that will change some of the way that we do uh, work hmm. okay, or we do business. Uh, for example, maybe in the next time in the office, Right, instead of the very essential boardroom, we need to have a Zoom room. Yes, yes. Where we have green background, right? so that you no, know, you can do it as a studio. You can do your teleconference, uh, do even do your presentation, online streaming, things like that. Oh, but you still need yeah. that space. that's a great idea. So the office may have to be reconfigured. You may have to have studios in your office uh, with the branding and all that as a backdrop, so you don't have to worry about you know trying to f- make your house look like it. You know, it's spruced up and everything. Um, but you think offices are not going to go away in a post-pandemic world? No, definitely not. Right. In fact, it will be uh, reinvented. And already there are uh, businesses that are factoring all these changes, right? doing all the reconfiguration. So definitely uh, there will be a very interesting space to look at. But I think the other one that people are looking at mm-hmm. is beside the great A office, mm-hmm. is the Strata title office. I mean, there are uh, many property investors, right? They are actually looking in investing directly into the office space themselves. Mm. Well, for example, uh, Strata Title Office will be like some of those uh, building, I mean, offices at Suntech, uh, Paliba, right? So these are all the offices where it allows for this uh, Strata Title. And this is where the investors get into the space. But of course, these are much smaller space, right? Which is different from the Grade A office type. So, for that office space, you'd have to look at the number of tenants, right? And a lot of them uh, have seen occupancy rates dropping, though. Ah, uh, so this is the space that is actually uh, will be more volatile. Yes, yeah, exactly. because last week, last week actually Hong Kong, hmm. uh, the chief executive announced a removal of. Uh, cooling measures for non-residential properties. Actually, back in uh, 2012, they actually introduced uh, cooling measures oh. right, where they actually imposed additional duty on what they call it the ad valorem tax mm-hmm. of uh, as much as 8.5%. So they have actually removed this tax last, last week. So they were trying to cool down the space and now they're opening it up because I suppose they see there is demand and they, 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 they need the they need for more investments there? Yeah, because their transaction has fallen so much. Right? That means to say the demand of office space actually have fallen. So they were trying to cool the market, but now they are trying to Open heat up. up the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see how Hong Kong is doing. Singapore and Hong Kong quite similar in terms of the fact that, you know, relatively small homes in our cities, a lot of people commute to work. They're tech firm tenants as well. Um, I understand that Hong Kong's champion REIT, their tenants include Citigroup, Keppel REIT, Maple Tree Commercial Trust. They've actually beaten baskets of equally weighted trusts in Australia and Japan. Uh, this according to Bloomberg. So in mm. Singapore, if you look at vacancy rates, they've, they're up. I mean, 
they've risen to 4.9% in the third quarter in terms mm. of tenancy. So uh, the S-REIT space, as you say, is volatile, but there are opportunities here. Hong Kong's grade A office spaces up 9% uh, mm. vacancy rates, that is, in September from 6.1% as well. So if a listener was, you know, just tuned in and thought, hey, have I missed the boat with office REITs or uh, are, are S-REITs in the office space dead in this post-pandemic world, just dead, what do you say? No, I think Singapore is actually in a very uh, sweet spot, right? We are in a very good locations where any businesses that want to reach out to the Southeast Asia, Singapore mm. will be a very good hub. And of course, uh, for businesses that are looking uh, at the choice of between Hong Kong and Singapore, mm. right? because of whatever that's uh, going on, the US-China trade war, all these kind of uh, macro events, I think for businesses, it will make more sense for them to actually choose Singapore as a as a hub. Okay, um, yeah. But because of the COVID uh, situation, so actually there is, the travel has been very much limited. So once this thing is actually being resolved, uh, I'm very sure there will be a lot more business coming in to actually look for opportunities. So and even, that would help the space, yeah. Even though Zoom means that you can conduct your business from anywhere, right? Why would mm. you need a regional HQ for your MNC in this age of, of Zoom, really? But you think as long as Singapore remains attractive as a regional HQ, that means good things for the office space? Yes, of course. I mean, Zoom is good, it's productive, but uh, I think there are certain uh, purpose for that. But by and large, we still need the networking. We still need to see the, the person face-to-face uh, for collaboration, for mm. discussions. Mm. And uh, more importantly, it's also for the whole team to see how we can actually work together. Teamwork, so, uh, as you mentioned. Yeah, space is very important. Mm. Do you notice a difference between working from home and going back in to the office? Alfred? Uh, well, for me, I, I, I like both, right? But because what I really miss is the interaction with my team. Oh. And that is something that, you know, over the Zoom, is you can't really be able to achieve that. Right? Yeah. But it's effective, right? it's productive. It's just that, okay, maybe for certain uh, short discussion, you don't have to make everyone to travel to one spot. But you, through Zoom, you can uh, overcome it. But I mean, for more strategies, for more uh, interactions, or even solving issues, solving problems, I think uh, team meeting will still be very effective. All right, so the office is not going to go away, and that means possibly good news for the S-REITs in the office space. Alfred Chia is CEO at Sing Capital. Let's talk about gold now, because gold prices saw a third straight week of declines. And I see so many headlines saying, you know, there's growing optimism over the COVID-19 vaccine, and that um, has driven investors into traditionally riskier assets, so they're reallocating out of the safe haven metal. A spot gold fell 0.2% to about 1,800, that mark. Um, bullion set to fall 3.3% on the week. Uh, what Can you help us understand the link between vaccine optimism and gold? And what is your outlook for gold moving ahead? Well, I mean, gold is like any asset class, right? Definitely people like to track the performance of it. And of course, if you look at it over the last uh, 10 to uh, 15 years, uh, gold generally have, uh, have performed well. Okay, but I mean, in, in general, uh, what I would think is the factors that influence gold price would be interest rate. I mean, of course, now we are at an ultra-low interest rate environment. U.S. dollars, right? And gold price and U.S. dollars generally is uh, inversely related. And of course, more importantly, is world crisis. And actually, I like to quote 
You know, there was this uh, interview of uh, Janet Yellen mm. back in 2013. Right, she was actually in, sitting in front of this uh, Senate committee. So one of the members was asking him, right, asking her. Right, she was asked whether the, the rise and fall in the price of gold can act as an economic indicator. Right, her reply, right, I quote her, I don't think anybody has a very good model of what makes gold price go up or down, she said. But certainly, it is an asset that people want to hold when they are very fearful about potential financial market catastrophe or economic troubles and tail risks. So, and when there is financial market turbulence, often we see gold price rise as we see people flee into it. So, this is the actual words of uh, Janet Yellen. Mm. And you know, the right. gold market rallied on her works. She might not understand gold, but gold liked Yellen's words. Gold was up after that. In <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, even for the Federal Reserve uh, um, president, she's not, she's not able to actually uh, really predict how the gold price will move. But by and large, right, mm. uh, generally, when people see that a certain crisis, certain panics, uh, they will try to hold on to this uh, gold assets. Right, right. Um, and are you seeing people moving their money out of these safe haven assets to uh, cyclicals or are they still looking at tech? What do you think? I mean, for gold, actually, it is an asset that doesn't pay any interest. And if you are holding on to physical gold, you even have to pay money to store the place. I mean, it's not because of in, back in 2004, there's a launch of all this gold ETF. Uh, then it has become a, a more liquid kind of financial assets. Yeah. Right? If not, it's really very difficult to uh, hold, I mean, invest in gold, right, in, in, a, in a significant way. And so for investment purpose, we always recommend using gold as a hedging purpose. Mm. Right? It should be about 10% of an investment portfolio. And that is provided if you want to even hedge it, right? I mean, it all depends on your risk profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to move all your money into gold, then you have to really know this uh, market very well. You must be a very sophisticated investor mm. to actually uh, put that because if not, it is really a very highly volatile kind of commodity uh, investment. So at this point in time, do people need less of a hedge in gold as you see it because of all these you know, positive vaccine news coming out? Um, okay, because of the vaccine news coming out, so the risks have reduced tremendously. But the low interest rate and the US dollars actually uh, provided support of the gold price. And gold price, gold investment is really talking about the real yield. You must be able to cover the inflation. So, but because of the risk factor that is now very much reduced with the introduction of vaccine, so a lot of investors may want to actually take profit out from the gold. But again, uh, gold is not something that we recommend for, for any investor, especially for retirement funds. Mm. Right? It should be used as a form of uh, asset allocations so that you can actually use it to, to manage the risk, mitigate the risk. Yeah. All right. Wise words. Alfred Chia, CEO at Sing Capital, uh, helping us out in money and me today. So let's look at some stocks that have been rising. Singapore Airlines share price has been making steady gains on heavy volumes. Uh, Wednesday, I saw it jump 8.2%. Uh, that was about 15 Mm, let's see, $4.77. And then SIA was the most actively traded counter on the Singapore Boards last Wednesday. So when it comes to airline and hotel stocks, 
do you think that because of the the very strange situation that we're in, lockdown and then positive vaccine news, are these stocks tradable or investable? Um, I mean, I still go back to the fundamental business, right? especially for um, our national airline. We do not have domestic airways, right? We only have international airlines. So the vaccine is very important. So having the, the vaccine, uh, for example, right, recent uh, bubble travel arrangement with Hong Kong, and then it has to be postponed, mm. right, to the disappointment to many people, right? Because if you have to travel to one place and then quarantine for 14 days, uh, definitely uh, the, the interest will drop tremendously. And at the same time, you have to swap your nose for a few times just to, to be able to travel, right? So therefore, without the effective distribution of vaccine, um, therefore the airline business will not be able to take off until that is resolved. So it's very different from in the Western countries where they have domestic uh, the, the airline to actually move on. So any news about vaccines, especially now, it seems like next week, uh, the Western countries will be getting their vaccine very soon. So that will actually uh, push the whole uh, airlines actually uh, business. But as for Singapore's face, I think we still need to know the clarity about when we can receive the vaccine and how many of the neighboring countries or the, the country that we are going to fly to have an effective distribution of vaccine. So I, should you be buying into airline stocks? Do you think, uh, is it the same sort of, almost the same story as office space that these industries are not going to go away? They may be facing steep declines now. Um, but we're also seeing such a high rate of bankruptcy with these some of these airlines, right? Um, I, I mean, of course, talking about the good world, there are different types of uh, airlines with different kinds of uh, capital requirements. I mean, of course, over here, we have the support of the government, which I think is very important. We, we definitely need a, a good company like uh, SIA to be able to uh, get through this crisis. But the, the whole thing is all about whether you can travel. Right? It's very different from office because office, people are still paying rent. Right? The very most is that this, this company uh, go bust and then, of course, they will have to uh, cancel the contract. I mean, of course, they will have legal repercussions. Mm. But by and large, people are still paying rent mm-hmm. right, for those who are still holding on. But for, for airline, if let's say you cannot fly, that means there is no revenue. Mm-hmm. So for investors, if you want to take that position, then you would have to ask, how much time are you willing to wait? Yes. Right? And then during this period of time, is there any other better investment choices? Right. Yeah, great questions there. Love those. Uh, SIA shares, let's see how they're doing this morning. $4.49 down 0.44%. All right, let's turn our attention now to the banking space here in Singapore. Maybank Kim Eng has recommended investors take profit on stocks of Singapore's banking trio, saying that their recent run-up was too fast, too furious, and maybe unsustainable. So Maybank Kiming downgraded all three um, of the banking trio to sell. That's two notches down from its previous buy rating on DBS. It kept its target prices unchanged, they, uh, offering a 2 to 8% downside. What is your outlook? Do you, first of all, do you agree uh, with this idea that the banking trio, their, their run-up may have been maybe unsustainable? Um, okay, first, I mean, our banks, these three banks are very, very uh, well-funded. The capital adequacy is actually uh, more than what actually MES uh, have set the limit for them. 
So they, they are in very good shape. Okay, so of course, for the banking business, what people are concerned with is uh, the interest rate, right? So the interest rate now is low. So that would actually uh, cause the margin squeeze. For example, uh, mortgage rate now, okay, for mortgage rate. So previously, uh, if you take on the home loans, uh, we are talking about two, three years ago, they have this package where they use Cyborg plus premium. Okay, Cyborg plus premium. So Cyborg at that time was more than 1%. The premium that the bank charge probably about 0.2.3%. So when your cyber is above 1% plus the premium, so your home loan interest rate will be 1 over percent. But this year, right, because of the COVID, all of a sudden cyber dropped to 0.4%. And if let's say you are still enjoying a premium rate that uh, the, the bank actually uh, charge you, 0.4 plus 0.2, which is the premium, actually your home loan interest rate is below 1%. So this is an illustration about a potential margin squeeze on the mm. banks. But of course, now we cannot find this kind of home package anymore. Mm. Even though the cyborg is low, the banks have actually adjusted uh, in terms of the premium that they charge to homeowners. So this one one point. Mm. Uh, the other one is, of course, the NPL, the non-performing loan. Okay. Um, actually, this is something that uh, I think the market is still looking out for. for. Mm. I think this is also where uh, MAs are also monitoring because we have a lot of support this year. So there's a lot of moratorium. But after next year, right, when a lot of the moratoriums has already ended, so a lot of all these companies, especially those zombie companies, then they will show the true color. Can they continue to service the loan? I think this is what the market will be watching out for. But if, let's say, because uh, based on their uh, last quarter result, the, the result actually is not as bad as what people have expected. So the thing is that, hey, maybe because of the government support, um, we may be not so badly affected after all. So all this will provide the boost for the banking. And the other one that actually really helped the banking business is the wealth management business. Because this year, um, the investment market right, has been doing very well. In the sense is that um, a lot of the retail investors are the one that is actually taking very keen actions right, in uh, growing their wealth, understanding that whatever come down will go up. And, but of course, it's still very important to be really looking out for the risk. Yeah. yeah. And, and not blindly follow the market. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of bright spots for the banks. But don't forget, a potential cloud could be those digital banks because MAS just said a couple of days back, still on track to award digital bank licenses by the end of December. So you don't see these as significant threats? Um, not in the short term. Not in the short term. Because digital banks... I think more importantly, people still need to have the, the trust. I think who it all depends who ultimately who is the shareholders. Mm-hmm. I think um, by and large, whether it's local or foreigners, we, we will still probably have more confidence in our local banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so digital bank will need some time. And more importantly, right, digital bank will need to be able to prove that they have a very good technology. Uh, because actually a lot of things we can perform that with the, with the existing banks. So I'm I'm actually also looking forward to what kind of uh, offering that digital banks can offer. Absolutely. Well, great food for thought. As always, terrific speaking with you, Alfred. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Michelle. He's Alfred Chia, CEO at Sing Capital, my guest today in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.
or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.